Evans Podcast, MMA Fancast. It's MMA for the fans, by the fans. We talk about only the important things you want to hear. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA Fancast. Well, hello and welcome to episode 51 of MMA Fancast. I am Ryan Middleton. I am your host and I am joined by the living legend, Jim Sahara Mooney, who does who has his head turned. He doesn't he doesn't even have the time to look into the camera. Look at you, all of our listeners. Um, we are here. We have a, a, a great episode for you today. We're going to have Isaac Greeley, who is the head coach and director at the Matt Factory. It is a uh, mixed martial arts and wrestling school right here in Lower Borough, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. He will be joining us uh, in about 10 minutes and... Uh, we're excited for that, and, and in the meantime, we're going to start talking about UFC 218, which is this weekend, this Saturday night. It will be uh, live from uh, Detroit, Michigan, which yeah. is only you know a short jaunt from us. Four and a half, five hours. I don't even think it's four. And a, I think it's about four, a little over four hours. Um, it is close. Very reasonable for us to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how this was not on our radar. It's I'm with you. Too. Yeah, it's it's an awesome card. Um, Little talk, Caesars Arena. I'm, Little I'm Caesars. Not, pizza, pizza. Name. Pizza, pizza. They could really use a better a better uh, sponsor name there. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's but Detroit. Right? It, I was just gonna say it's Detroit. Yeah, that's and that's the problem. The only thing worse than Detroit is Cleveland. Although it, it could be could be uh, Cleveland's probably saying it's just Detroit. <laughs> well, I mean, I had a <laughs> funny you say that about Cleveland. I had a friend who was uh, visiting a friend in Cleveland this weekend. He said to me, and he's not even a, that much of a football fan, but he said to me, you know, I had to watch a whole Cleveland Browns game this weekend. He said. I said to him, you mean you, you have to do this every weekend? He's like, it was horrible. And I was, I mean, some of the things we take for granted here in Pittsburgh, I mean, we have a a, a pretty consistently good football team. When they're yeah, 500, we have a professional team. Yeah, when we're 500, we think we're like, like, oh, we're terrible this year. We're pretty spoiled with that. Yeah, no victories in, but it's, Two years, right? Who? You are totally frozen, and so that's not a good look. Well, I mean, your your connection is pretty unstable, and you're pretty unstable, Jim. But we're going to talk about UFC 218. It's headlined by Max Holloway and Jose Aldo. Are you back, Jim? I am. I don't know what happened. Okay, I do. You're pretty unstable. It came yeah, on it and said you're unstable. It said Jim Mooney is unstable. So I just thought I would let you know that. Mm. Um, 
Jose Aldo and Max Holloway, the unintentional immediate rematch, will take place headlining this card. Um, you know, Jose Aldo kind of fell into this rematch because Frankie Edgar got got hurt and and he you know got thrown into this as a rematch, not on short notice either. Frankie Edgar got hurt uh, pretty fo- pretty far you know, pretty far out from the fight so he could have a normal training camp, which is really fortunate for him. Fortunate for, for Aldo, yeah. Uh, he Mentally, he sounds different. Um, and actually, even before this, it, it seemed like he has had a, a different outlook, um, almost like he came to grips with, uh, with what happened between him and McGregor, um, giving McGregor some props uh, for what he went through, you know, what he's done for the UFC. Um, he just, it seems like he's, uh, he's thinking differently between the years and, um, but we'll see if that's going to pay dividends against, uh, against Holloway. It's going to need to. I just don't see him being the, the having, well, I think there's a bunch of things factored in here. First, I don't think he has the confidence that he once had that, um, you know, that aura around him that, that he just exudes himself. Uh, I think that's one thing. And then I don't think not only is he not exuding that, that self-confidence, but he's also not, he doesn't have that automatic intimidating factor that he once did, you know, the Mike Tyson effect. I think he was there. He, he was Pound for pound, number one, he was the guy that, you know, you know, you could give him a fight for until he started chopping away at your legs and all these, you know, different things. And, be, you know, he just became that very feared. And, um, you know, I think once you got into a fight with him, after a little while, you were going to start questioning yourself. And I don't think he has that anymore. Uh, whereas, you know, before – I mean, he's a guy who's getting a title fight after two of his last three fights have been losses. Well, yeah, I'm just take into, into consideration his record, 26-3. and three. We know what his uh, two of, of those losses were, and they were fairly recent, you know, in the uh, grand scheme of uh, MMA and, and uh, his fight history, you know, with McGregor and, uh, and Holloway. And um, so before that – you know he was he was burning it up. Anybody that uh, stood in front of him, he took him out, and he just he just kept mowing right through people. So he did have that mystique. Um, I would I would say that you know the hardcore MMA fans um, looked at him that way, and maybe uh, now look at him as uh, you know somebody who might have a chink in his armor. He's thirty one, so you know there's uh, that he's probably on the backside of his career. But, See, that's not that's not normal though. Thirty well, is not a normal age for an MMA guy to be on the backside of his career. That's when you're hitting your stride. It's when you're hitting your peak. In this, I, sport, I totally agree. You're running but, back in the NFL. Your career's over. But in this sport, at this stage in this sport, that's peak time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. do you think that 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 people of the divisions just caught up to him? Do you think that he's not the same fighter? Like, what exactly is it that that Jose Aldo? Why has he lost two of his last three fights after such a dominating run? 
I think it's both of those things. I think I don't want to say what happened with him and McGregor was a fluke um, because you know McGregor is known for that left, and he is he's very precise when it comes to that. So you know it, it was all about timing in that fight. Did we know that it was going to happen inside of thirty seconds? No, but you know I think it's both of uh, what you said, and that the rest of the pack is catching up to him now. Um, and he's got to adapt his game if he wants to stay in contention going forward. Yeah. We have uh, – so taking a look at Aldo, we just said he's he's lost two of his last three fights. I mean, he's not exactly fighting uh, Joe Schmoes. He, he lost to Holloway and, and McGregor. But, you know, it's kind of how he lost um, – how he lost to to Aldo, I mean, how he lost to McGregor in 13 seconds, how he lost to uh, Max Holloway, where he came out looking strong and quickly faded. Um, yeah, it, I mean, Holloway, after the first round, really started to take over, like maybe mm-hmm. way through the second round, and then it would it wasn't even close after that and was a completely different fighter and that, that that's not the mo to beat uh jose aldo the long time reigning defending number 1 pound for pound fighter in the world that wasn't how you were going to beat him he didn't slow down and so i just kind of he just seems like a different fighter well 6 years age difference between the two and you would think that um that experience might have uh, have been weighing heavily on Aldo's side, but I think that actually um, was his downfall. And physically, he may have been prepared to go five rounds, but I think mentally he was thinking, this is a young buck, somebody who thinks he's just going to come in here and, uh, and take something from me, and I got, I got experience and a record that says otherwise. And, you know, I, go ahead. I just I, – I, I think it was uh, the wrong – um, plan mentally to have for that fight, and it, it definitely showed. So that's why I was saying, you know, when we opened before, I think Aldo's head is in a um, different place mentally. He is preparing for this fight completely different than um, than he did the first time that they they met. Yeah, um, just looking at uh, oh, oh, you you said. They're six years apart, and, and that, that's something we forget is how young Max Holloway is. He's 25 years old. He is a, such a seasoned veteran for 25 years old. You know, he's on an 11-fight win streak. He has, he has wins against Aldo Pettis, Ricardo Lamas, Jeremy Stevens, Charles Oliveira, Cub Swanson, Cole Miller. I mean, it's unbelievable – the run he's been on since his back-to-back losses to Conor McGregor and Dennis Bermudez back in 2013, he has just from 2014 on just been on a complete tear in the 145-pound division. Well, see, he is he is a very good example of this um, men- mental part of the game that we just you know, out of the blue started talking about. I think that he changed his outlook approaching each fight um, instead of, you know, going in and thinking that, um, 
that he, you know, can out outlast somebody if it goes a distance and, you know, go for the grind win and, uh, and end up with a decision. But it's his, uh, his style um, has not his really changed. Impetuous. Yeah. And he's his just defense is impregnable. He's just ferocious. His confidence is off the charts. I, I, I was quoting Mike Tyson in the, in the, um, the old Mike Tyson quote. You don't remember that? It sounded familiar. My foul is impetuous. Yeah. My defense is impregnable. I'm just ferocious. I want to eat your heart. I want to eat your children. Praise be to Allah. Yeah, he, he used to say, yeah, he used to, his interviews were hilarious. He was yeah. definitely somebody that I loved listening to because you just never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. That's the I just I just hit him with bad intentions. Every hit was just bad intentions. Well, the funny thing is, sometimes he would talk. Tyson would talk, and you'd think, "What? Well, he's an idiot." And then other times he would talk, and you would think, "What? He's he's actually not an idiot. He's a pretty smart guy." He is, and, yeah. And and uh, he was a, a you know a very unique person. Um. Anyway, uh, I I I am not. I gotta admit. I'm not thrilled about this main event. I, I'm not. I, it's not a. It's not a rematch. I'm like, was clamoring to see, and that's why it wasn't wasn't scheduled in the first place. Well, here's what I expect to see, and it's it's because with what we've been witnessing recently, um, Thug Rose, Namianis is the new women's champ. Um, Cody went down to TJ. You know, it's not to say that those were um, <clears throat> totally unexpected victories, but well, they were. Know, I mean, that's unex- unexpected of- in the sense that we—it's not that we were shocked, but it was almost like, you know, JJ Joanna was pretty much like unbeatable, and even Rogan was saying that she was probably pound for pound the most dominant female MMA fighter Rogan in the world. Rogan also was saying that uh, Ronda Rousey could beat males. At <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I love Joe Rogan, but, I mean, you get caught up in things and you say things that are probably, you look back hindsight and, I mean, we all do it. Mm-hmm. When you're trying uh, you, to... You consider, um, I, I think that comment was probably relevant for the time and what was going on in women's MMA and really uh, women inside the UFC. Yeah. But yeah, but to look back on it now and, and think about what he said, it just sounds preposterous. Absolutely. The co-main event is a fight I'm very much looking forward to. I don't know about you. Mm. Um, there aren't too many heavyweight fights that I am like super excited about and, you know, it's the division that I want to be excited about the most because those guys hit like a ton of bricks. But not many that I'm excited about. This one I am. Alistair Overeem versus Francis Ngannou. Um, I see this as a fight that, uh, you know, Overeem and, – and by the way, we're going to be joined in just a few moments by Isaac Greeley, the head coach at, uh, at Matt Factory in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in Lower Borough, Pennsylvania. Um, and we will, at that time we will, um, you know, cut away and, and we'll rejoin this 
UFC 218 conversation um, after after he disappears. But Alistair Overeem and um, Francis Ngannou. Overeem is uh, is a guy that's been through the ringer. He's one of the one of the. Is that your phone? That was my phone. Yeah. He's one of the elite um, strikers in the M- in MMA period. Um, but he, I mean, he has his fair share of losses. He has, his last loss came at UFC 203 against Stipe Miocic, um, which Octagon 24-7 didn't cover, but was born. That was where it was born. That is correct. That is where the magic happened, started happening. And, um, that's really his only loss since 2014. He's, he's, He's been one, two, three, four, five, six, and one in that time frame. Uh, Stipe being his only loss. He's he's has victories against Verdum, Hunt, Arlovsky, Dosan, Dosantos, um, Roy Nelson, Stefan Struve. Interesting that you uh, that we're talking about the mental aspect of the fight game and you bring up Fabricio Verdum. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, a different type of mental. Yeah. I mean, I like the guy personally, but yeah, he's, he's a little on the crazy side lately. I mean, I just wonder like Verdum, he never made headlines until the last couple of years. And they're not the kind of headlines that are like useful, mm-hmm. but he's like, I don't know. Is he going going crazy? Well, maybe this is um, this is all part of uh, that concussion syndrome, and you know he's he's just he's losing his he's his mental faculties. With fighters that are a hundred pounds less than him. Like well, Ferguson wasn't going to back down from him. Um, although you know, I, I thought maybe Covington might have you know, with his bad boy image recently that he might have, you know, stood up to him. But I, I think uh, Colby showed uh, showed some professionalism and realized what might have been at stake had those two actually scrapped. Or, uh, I mean, I don't know. You know? It's, it's, it was odd that Covington, you know, he – plays this character and he didn't, he was out of character when the cameras were on, like he's supposed to be in character. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. It was, it was completely the opposite. Yeah. Backing up, um, kind yep. of not, like not, a standoffish. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's odd. Anyway, back to, um, this fight. Relevant talk. Yeah. Overeem. It has a, you know, six and one, six of his last seven fights is only f- lost being to one of the best heavyweights of all time, according to, um, you know, his, any, anyone's account. And here he is. There's the doorbell. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Isaac Greeley joining us. How are you, Isaac? And he cannot hear us or we cannot hear him. Um, I think he's got to hit the audio on there. There's an audio button. I don't know if you can hear us. There's an audio button that 
he's 41, so he's not maybe not as good as these younger fighters with uh, the technology. That's true. And we're going to also have to ask him to. So he's got his bur- he's got his Burrow wrestling shirt on. Hey, uh, let's 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 be their voices. Hey, do you know how to work this phone? I don't. I don't. I don't know how to work this. Um, do I hit this button here? Hey, can you help me try to talk to these guys? Anyway, we will surely be joined by Isaac Greeley once he figures this out. Now he's off the screen. Um, Isaac is a, is an interesting guy. He's uh, We got to spend time with him at State College. We got to spend time with him in Altoona uh, as he prepared multiple fighters uh, for fights in Bellator and fights you know um he's he's a he's a really great guy he's he actually reached out to us and invited us to a training session in altoona um so we'll ask him a little bit about that we could we can see you but can't hear you can't hear you yet can you hear us nod your head if you can hear me oh yeah you can hear us you can hear us so um now we can't see it, but uh, there is an audio button. Oh, I'm starting to hear you. Can you hear me? It's a little choppy, but I can't see you anymore. Uh, hold on. I, I got my I got my audio technical support guy, Jason Delp, right here. All right. So you you brought the brains in for this. Yeah, I did. I had to. We were making all kind of. We were making all kind of old jokes while you were, uh, even though I'm, yeah, old man. Yeah, even though I'm the same age as you, and Jim's significantly older, but we'll still make those jokes. Mm-hmm. Jim looks though. He's 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 a good looking man. Well, this is true. <laughs> That's just not only is Isaac a good uh, coach, he's he, he knows good looks when he sees it. Hey Isaac, can I get you to do one thing for me? Can yeah. you turn the phone landscape? Oh, that's just that's just more of you to look at now. That's great. I appreciate it. So what's up? How how you doing? Good. I did, we just finished up. We're just I'm still at the gym. Guys just got done working out and uh Here's uh, Dom's on the phone right now. Dom Mazada. I got uh, one of my high school prodigies, uh, Nick Delp right here, Kiski wrestler. We just got done doing an hour and a half of grappling, so it was been it's been a good day. Nice. Good day of training. Good stuff. So that's some of the stuff we wanted to to ask you about. Um, so. You started, uh, you started Matt Factory, right? Or was it a collaboration of guys? Or, um, yeah, basically it was, uh, it was about two or three guys. It was myself, Larry York, who's a, another fellow area chiropractor, 
Um, and one of the guys I coached with at Burrow High School, Chris Como, um, we had a lot of help from the local uh, families that wanted to see a wrestling club come in here just to help local out. But uh, us three were the main guys we had. I mean, tons of parents. And we basically I bought a building here in Lower Burrow that was an old pet store. Uh, we gutted it, and we spent about three months painting it and uh, and uh, putting mats in and putting locker rooms in and um, pieced it together. And, and that's how it started about uh, a little over seven years ago. Great. And, and so was, was that when you started the chiropractic practice in that building too? Yeah, I, I was a, I've been a local chiropractor here since 2002. Um, I coached Borough High School since 2003. Um, so when I started up over here, we, I decided uh, it was close to my home. My house is about seven minutes from here. Um, and uh, I was like, you know what, I, I might as well open up an office here too. So I uh, opened up an office, and uh, as Dom says, it's my, it's my Ponzi scheme because people I, – I heard them, and I fixed them next door. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been a dream come true for me because, you know, I love doing what I do. I love treating people. I love helping people. And I get to get, to, get done with my job right here next door, and I get to walk into here, the math factory, um, which is, uh, you know – change my clothes and change my shoes and I don't have to drive anywhere. And I have, you know, I have, to have uh, wrestling, jujitsu, MMA, um, stuff every day. So it's been a blessing. Can you tell us a little, so you, you originally started as, as a wrestling, uh, as a, you know, strictly for wrestling, but it has become so much more as an MMA gym and a, you know, even, you know, you have jujitsu classes and, and all kind of classes. How did that, transpired like how how did that happen uh basically um you know i started taking jiu-jitsu classes right out of college um fell in love with it it was very new not many people knew what it was i remember telling my wrestling friends i was taking jiu-jitsu and i'd get a weird look that was coming from my wrestling friends let alone my other friends but uh you know it wasn't very mainstream like it is now uh and then one day, Dom's daughter walked in the gym, probably like 2008. And, um, you know, I don't know how many hundreds, hundreds of people came into training and trained for a few months or weeks and ended up phasing it out. But the first day he came in, he grabbed me. He's like, I want to roll with you. And, you know, I was like, okay. Uh, he grabbed me. I, as soon as I grabbed a hold of him, you know, I knew he had a little bit of uh, extra tendency just from the way he was coming at me. So. The next day, he came back and said, I want, I, want, I want you to teach me everything you know. So we spent about um, probably about, I don't know how many years, three or four years every day, you know, sometimes twice a day, just learning uh, wrestling and, and jiu-jitsu and positioning. And, and uh, next thing, the, the first thing he told me was I want to be a fighter. So I'm like, okay. So when he told me he wanted to be a fighter and he showed that he wanted to put the work in, I'm like, I'll do whatever you want to do. Let's do it. I, I like, you know, he had to, he had to drive and the, and he had a goal setting a dream. So that I was like, I'm, I'm on board. We're going to do it. So the rest so is my, history. My follow-up question from that is when is Dom going to become a fighter then? <laughs> one of these, one of these I was born a fighter. <laughs> yeah, I'm blue with my hands up. <laughs> yeah. no, that's, that's great. Um, you became you became uh, obs- 
I, I don't know if the word obsessed is right, but like you became a big fan of training jujitsu at some point. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I mean, as I get older, it's, you know, wrestling is pretty rough um, on your body day in and day out. I mean, I still wrestle, I wrestle, still wrestle a lot, but jujitsu is a lot, you know, gentler, I guess you could call it the gentle art. Um, but it's very technical. That's the part that I like about it. It's just never ending. It's like it's like it's very similar to wrestling. It's just never you never stop learning technique, and you know it's just you just grow. It helps you grow as a person. It's um it's a very humbling sport. Um and uh it's just if if you start training it, um it's very easy to get addicted to it. And that's kind of what happened to me. Um became addicted to the sport. That's when I have guys like Dom and uh, other guys around the gym that are you know like-minded and uh, we're always pushing each other trying, trying to you know master our technique and uh and push ourselves so it's been a lot of fun so you mentioned um you talked about dom and then earlier in the interview you mentioned um one of your high school wrestlers is there anybody that you're working with now um that we need to keep an eye on whether it's uh, uh bjj or um you know moving into um mma um, yeah, I mean, I've been so lucky to be right where we're in a hotbed of, of wrestling in the country. I mean, we've had multiple, you know, I think we've had about 13 state champions come out of our gym here that train here. Um, we've had, I don't know, American wrestlers in college. We had, we had them back. We had the kids, college kids back this week for Thanksgiving. Um, Jason Nolf was one of our, you know, kids that trained here you know, on a daily basis. And he's a national champion for Penn State now. Nico Megaludis was one of the first kids I ever worked with. So, been super lucky to have the kids that we have um, right now. I mean, really, I'll, we love working with anyone that wants to put the work in. That's the one thing that I'll tell you. Um, the kid that, that that Nick Delp right here, dad and Nick, his dad. Nick is uh, he's 15 years a sophomore at Kiskey High School. Um, this summer, you know, we had a conversation at a party about midway through the summer, um, probably middle of July, I think it was, or July 4th, might have been even. And, uh, you know, he, he said, I'm committed. I want to do whatever it takes. So I, I challenged him to do 100 matches with me this summer. I think we just finished up 100 matches today um, from, what, four months? Four, four months, and uh, we pushed 100 matches through. And just to see, you know, that's why I told him he needed mat, he needed mat time. He needed mat time, and not just against me. He wrestles with Dom and a lot of the other uh, college wrestlers in here. But just seeing the kids that are willing to put 100 – hundred hard matches and with high level guy his level shot up and uh now we know that realistically he could he's, he's going to become a state champion it's just a matter of when now so um you know that's the kind of kids that we work with that are here till you know 9 30 10 o'clock at night you know two three days a week um that's the kind of kids we're looking for so not just nick i have there's a bunch there's a few other ones um as well but since he's here we'll we'll, we'll kind of highlight him and, and, and what, what he's doing so What's he wrestling at? What weight? Sixty pounds. Um, he's gonna he's gonna do pretty big things this year. And the good thing, the cool thing is that Nick wrestles at Kiskey High School, which is a powerhouse wrestling program, AAA, um, right next door. It's actually the school district that I live in. Um, and I coach at Burrell High School. I've been coaching at Burrell High School. We're, we've won uh, last eleven AA Whitfield championships. I'm an assistant coach uh, there and one to our head coach who I coached in, in high school and Chris Como who helped me start the math factor. He's still a coach and he's getting inducted into the Pennsylvania uh, coaches hall of fame this year. So we've been blessed to have 
great coaches and great wrestlers. This this little area, this little ten mile radius right here, is really really an amazing hotbed for for just for wrestling. So we're trying to you know show people that jujitsu, um, you know we 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 can be that that good in jujitsu too here in Pittsburgh. And really the Pittsburgh jujitsu scenes exploded with guys like like Lou and Tommy Costa. Um, I mean, there's gyms popping up left and right now, and uh, Warren Stout's gym's doing amazing down the strip. We have relationships with all these guys. We train with them, cross-train with them. Dom teaches at some of the schools. He teaches at Henzo's, teaches at Tommy's school. Um, so the jiu-jitsu scene, and the good thing about that is we, we, we like to um, intertwine some wrestling in with our jiu-jitsu, which makes it kind of unique. Um, and I think in the next couple of years, we have a few athletes uh, that are really going to really gonna shine out of Pittsburgh, Ryan Areola being one of them from from Lou's school, um, Noah DeVore here uh, trains with us. He's a black belt, high, very high level. And there's there's just a ton of other guys that are starting to pop up on the scene. Um, and that's our, that's why I think the MMA scene starting to, you know, guys like Dom Mazzotta, Mark Cherico, um, starting to see how good those guys really are because the whole Pittsburgh community has come together behind these guys. Yeah, yeah, it's been really cool to see. It's a really cool time to be a MMA fan in, in Pittsburgh with, as many guys as they're, you know, that are popping up all over the place in major MMA promotions. Um, so let me ask you this: I kind of touched on a, uh, some of the things I was going to ask you. Is Mark uh, is Mark Cherico training full time at Mad Factory now? Uh, Mark uh, training here for sure. Um, you know, he's kind of just getting back into it, so. Whatever Mark wants to do, you know, we're we're 100% behind what Mark does. Um, we think he's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent, and you know, we want to see him, you know, reach his potential. Um, and I think he's, he's really trying to figure out the whole have a family, um, have a full-time job now. Um, he just sold his academy to Kama Worthy, so that's going to take a little bit off his plate. Um, but yeah, Mark's been in here and thing about mark is um he learns that he's, he's like dominant dominic here they learn at such a fast rate you've seen mark train here um i mean he picks stuff up that it, it's 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 pretty crazy so you know i i really think that if mark quit time um he could be one of the best in the world too um i think that he just has to find out that balance right now and he's working on it so i think uh i think working with bob meese and coming here and wherever else he you know he chooses to train He's got all. You know, he's got everything he needs right here. I think to do really well. Yeah. How how's his health? Is he is he feeling better all over? Feeling he's he's back. He's, 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 he had a he actually fought with a herniated disc in his neck. Um, we got it to a point where it was it was he could train and he was he 100 percent no, but he could train. Um, we didn't want to let the opponent know that, or let the media know that he was injured. But you know, he had an opportunity in front of him. Mark's the kind of guy that he's going to take it. You know, he wasn't going to back down from it. Um, we really still thought he had a great chance of winning that fight. Um, didn't work out, but you know what? His attitude is he, he got himself healthy, and he's back to training now. Um, so I think Scott, you know, sky's the limit for Mark. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the products of Matt Factory is uh, Chris Dempsey, who spent uh, you know four fights in the UFC and. And has uh, fought at Bellator 186. Has is has he made any decisions with uh, where he goes next? Um, he hasn't announced anything yet, but um, he's back. He's training. He's been coaching a lot. 
Um, thing about Chris is he's got nothing to prove. He's done everything in the sport that you could do. Um, and uh, I think he just wants to give back right now. He just wanted, you know, like I, we, I talked to him, no pressure on anything that he, his decisions. Um, he's lived his life like flawlessly. He's a super disciplined guy. Um, he's got a good job. He's getting married next year. So he's got a lot on his plate. Um, he's up here working with our high school and college guys every weekend, though. Um, he lives an hour away. So, you know, he's uh, he's a, he's he's a someone that, you know, you're just a fan of that guy no matter what. And, um, you know, he, he'll fight anybody, anytime. Any, that's, that's the thing about Chris. Like, you don't have to even tell you, you know, who you're fighting, who he's fighting. You know, he's going to fight him. But I think at this point, you know, Chris has done everything he needs to do in the sport. Um, he's at a place now where he's very, uh, you know, and with everything in his career. So whatever he decides to do, you know, we're going to back it. But I don't think he needs to do anything else in the sport. He's, he's a champion. And but I think Chris Dempsey, I think champion. So what about you? Uh, you, you know, you mentioned, you talked about this before and everything that, uh, that you've done, uh, your involvement in, uh, in the uh, combat sports community. Um, you just recently competed at, uh, what was it? Fight to win uh, pro 42. Um how much of that do you, uh, you know, see yourself doing in the future? And prior to this, did you ever give any thought to uh, an MMA career for yourself? Uh, you know, I I've been in love with MMA um, since 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 it began. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a chiropractor. What I do to pay the bills. Um, although I fathom, I mean, I, I, I would, I, I basically miss my, my calling the way I look at it. I, I pretty much lived through Dom and these other guys. Um, uh, I love the jujitsu stuff. I love the professional jujitsu league. Um, I had a blast doing that. The, the biggest thing is it's hard for me and, uh, to, you know, I want to show these guys that I'm willing to put it on the line too and step out, step out of my comfort zone. Um, that's just my philosophy. Some coaches are different. You know, they don't want, you know, that they're more, I just want to focus on my fighters. And I got it. I have to agree. Like when training camps come, I, I shut it down. I had a couple offers to do some more of the uh, grappling matches. Um, and I had Dom in a training camp, I had Mark in a training camp. And, uh, you know, when, it, when it's their time, it's their time. And we're, we're 100% focused on those guys. Um, I had a nice little break this summer. I had, a, I had a month of train. It was fun. Got to train hard for it and, uh, and uh, get ready for it. Um, but I, like the biggest thing with that is I want to, you know, prove that I'm not going to tell Dom Mazzotta to get in a cage with another man or fight when I, I want to step on the mat, and compete with another guy. It's just not fair to him. Um, so yeah, as long as I can do it, God willing, I'm going to compete until today. I can't do it anymore. Um, whether it be wrestling, jujitsu, um, probably not MMA just cause I don't want to break my hands or get hit in the head too hard. <laughs> I get hit enough in practice, but, uh, you know, Whatever these guys want to do, I support them. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for whatever they want to do. If they want to do jiu-jitsu, they want to do I don't, badminton. I don't care. I'm here to support their dreams, great people. And uh, it's hard not to get behind guys like that. I think you said it all right there when, you know, we, we talked to a lot of the fighters that are, you know, in the Pittsburgh area and that, have, you know, with Dom and, and, all, and all the guys, really. And, you know, no one says a bad word about Isaac Greeley. Everyone <laughs> – is pretty uh, pretty complimentary of you, including ourselves, who, you know, you've been very gracious to us as well. And so, um, you know, these guys, it's great to see these guys have someone. I, I, go ahead, Dom. Can you say that again? Because I don't think the mic picked up. 
Sorry. I said, they skip right over eyes. They can go to me when they got something bad to say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We just, we just harass you when instead of uh, Isaac. But no, I mean, you know, you're just so inviting to fighters and, and guys to come. Hey, let's come train. Let's get better together. And, and that's an awesome thing to see. I, I don't think that that's a universal thing. I think that's, you know, something that um, is pretty unique to um, what you're doing. And, and, and it's pretty awesome. And it's helping out the whole region, um, I think, overall. So you're a great guy, man. Well, I appreciate that. You're a great guy as well, Ross. <laughs> so bad and, and Jim Jim's a good looking guy but he's not a great guy Ryan speaks the truth <laughs> well hey well, we so appreciate go ahead one, one thing uh, just going on that um, is uh, my college wrestling coach is Pat, is Pat before he's still the coach at Johnstown where I went to college um, and he bred into us when we were in college, that we're all family. We're all here to help each other. You know, we're going to accomplish a lot more as a family and helping each other out. So that's kind of one thing. I, one of the main things I from that from the Johnstown Wrestling Program was that, and I'm still brothers with all my teammates there and the guys that are wrestling now. I'm trying to take Chris Como and I have tried to take in that uh, that philosophy, philosophy and how we wrestling and teach teach jujitsu and MMA. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's why, that's why Pittsburgh, you know, it's one thing about Pittsburgh jiu-jitsu community. You got a lot of guys that are like-minded and think the way I do. Um, so that's been a big bonus for everybody. Um, but yeah, I think it's not, you know, not just me, it's everybody. So, yeah. um, I'm just glad, glad to see this, this area come, come to rise. I think there, I think in the next couple of years, there's going to be some huge things coming out of this, including this guy right here. I think we've got, he's got some pretty big things about ready to pop. So. Um, I appreciate your guys' time for sure. Hey, who were you uh, pointing to? Because it, it looked like you were pointing to Dom, but I, I know that's not who you meant, right? Oh, that guy? No. Actually, Nick. <laughs> there you go. That's what I thought. I thought you were pointing to someone else. <laughs> oh, I wanted to share something with you. Jim just reminded me um, via text. Uh, <laughs> We, we, we were throwing around of an, an idea and wanted to get your take on this idea. We were going to have like a competition, get Octagon 24 seven in shape. And we would have like Matt factory take on Jim Mooney. Cause he's closer. And like, yeah, commas, Jim take on me and like compete. What do you think of that? Let's do it. Hundred percent. All right. Well, we got we'll, it. We we'll, we'll have to throw, run that by comma or, or Warren and see what uh, see if we have someone to take me on because that's a whole. You got Jim. He's good looking. Like, who do we get? You get Jim. Jim. Hi. Well, he 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 lives right near you. Oh yeah, he's he's coming in. We got him. All right. Thirty days. Thirty day transformation. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to need 30 years, brother. <laughs> this is going to be this, – we're down. Challenge. This will be, be interesting for sure. I will um, – <laughs> Finish it off. Um, 
so yeah, I just want thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, to spend with us. As you always have, have have been very generous with your time with us, and and unfortunately for some reason you still have Dom in the picture. Some could you move that over camera? There you go. That's so much better. Uh, <laughs> there's one person I like to pick on that's that would kill me in an instant, and for some reason it's Dom. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you're allowed to, Ryan. You're allowed to. I'll take most, care of them for you. I got most it. people like that could kill me with like two fingers. I don't pick on, but for some reason, Dom, I, I still feel like I can. I don't know why. But no, you guys are always awesome. I appreciate it. And um, these guys couldn't do it without you. We appreciate the media. We appreciate you guys. We, you know, you guys are first class. Always have been. Ever since we met you guys in Connecticut, and. Uh, uh, you guys are always invited to our gym, and uh, I'll keep you updated on everything we're doing. Um, all our fighters and and uh, and uh, wrestlers, let you know how everyone's going. So, always invited here. Open door invitation. Sounds good, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome. We will be talking to you soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, I Isaac. It. Bye, bye. Bye. Hammer. So Isaac Greeley, I told you he's a great guy. I mean, despite the mean things that uh, <clears throat> Jim has said about him, he's mm, a yes, good guy. Yes, many. Well documented all the uh, the mean things that I've said about him. <laughs> well documented. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah, 30 days. Um, That's This is an interesting concept. I really like it. Because yeah, I know the, you'll still be fat and, and good looking, and I'll be trim and ugly. Okay, so um, it's let's just make it official. We'll we, have we don't have someone that's that's agreed to take me on. It doesn't matter. What, what do you mean, make it official? We can't make you, anything official. We're making it official now. <laughs> if I say it is, then it is. Okay, so it, it, uh, this is something that we'll work on. Um, iron out the details. We'll do some sort of little documentary, each of us telling our own story, and yep. um, you know maybe follow uh, our journeys over who knows you know over the course of maybe uh, three six months, uh, maybe a year. They something said like that. thirty days. Yeah, I did hear that. I said uh, so, and 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 his audio wasn't very good. But 30 days was very clear to hear. Yeah, and I said 30 years is what he would need to, like, overhaul you. I mean, mm -hmm. he has 30 years worth of, like, bad habits to overcome. I mean, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Um, 25? No, I'll, I'll say 15. Okay. I, I, I think he has about 15. Whoever takes me on has about 15, <laughs> So I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah. I, I, I just finding time. That's the, with, well, yeah, with my schedule, with, you know, my responsibilities with uh, wrestling and all that stuff, I have to find time, which I, <laughs> my, with my social media skills, I might not have my wrestling job anymore much longer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Conversation for another day. So, you know, we have mentioned Isaac Greeley on numerous occasions on the podcast, 
Um, and now we're finally able to show and bring you guys to, to, to see who we're talking about. He's a class act, truly one of the good guys. I mean, actually, MMA is a, a sport with a lot of good guys, unlike a lot of other sports that have a, a, a lot of ego and um, ridiculous amounts of money, which, you know, isn't really prevalent at, at every level of the sport. Only, you know, the top, top, top level of the sport is very prosperous, but outside of that, you know, you can make a good living, but no one's filthy rich except for Conor McGregor and Dana White, right. the top of the top of top. Anyway, those guys are, are great guys, and so we're, we're so happy to – I mean, I would have Isaac Greeley on the show every, every week. What do you think? He is, he is a good guy, um, and it's, you know, it's true what you said. You know, I, uh, I grew up playing um, a bunch of different sports. Um, baseball was probably – my mainstay. And one of the things that, that I know to be true to this day is there are kids you were that the left, you were, you played left out, right? D- dude, I was phenomenal. Phenomenal. So, yes. Um, and I still got the skills. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I mean, we could, we could, you know, feature this conversation on another podcast or get into it now. Um, um, let's you, just not do that at all. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, really... But my point is, you know, there are kids involved if I just talk about baseball, who, you know, from an early age, their, uh, their parents, um, and uh, probably more specifically the fathers, really push them and get them in, involved in traveling teams. And so much so to the point that, you know, the kids, it just becomes what they do and they get lost. Like the kid themselves, um, the, you know, the son, he gets lost in the shuffle. And he loses that passion and the drive for that sport. But, you know, in, uh, in, in what we have been experiencing in MMA, all these guys are involved um, because of their, you know, they still have the passion. Even, you, you can hear it with Isaac, even at his age, 41. And, you know, guys that we've talked to going to events, um, yeah. it's there. You know, they never lose it. Yeah, that's very cool. Very uh very good to spend time with him. Um, let's jump back into our uh, UFC 218 discussion. We were talking about uh, the co-main event, which is Alistair Overeem and um, Ngannou. Yeah, Francis Ngannou. Um, Overeem, you know, we said six and one his last seven fights. His only loss to heavyweight champion and one of the all-time great heavyweights, uh, Stipe Miocic. And when you take a look at Francis Ngannou, and this guy's this guy's exciting. I'm I'm excited. He's on a nine fight win streak. His last law, his last, you know, his only loss of his career came in 2013. His second professional fight, um, and he has gone on a tear since then, including. Um, one, two, three, four, five UFC victories. He has victories over Andre Arlovsky, Anthony Hamilton, uh, Curtis Blades, which is a big fight considering Curtis Blades is now, mm-hmm. you know, a top 10 ranked fighter. Right. Um, so he's not, you know, most guys that have five wins in the heavyweight division uh, are working their way up the ranks. He's, he's got some big wins already. Well, I think uh, Dana and the rest of the crew with UFC 
are trying to pin their hopes on him um, to bring in some some excitement into the heavyweight division. Because we talked about this, uh, I don't know, a year ago or so, maybe even longer. I remember talking about the aging heavyweight division. And, you know, he's, he's 10 and 1, um, a young guy. Oh, um, he's 31. Well, but, I mean, in terms of um, physical – uh, yeah. you know, I know what taking you a beating and you know he's his body is young in the sport yeah he, so, he, he can probably he'll probably be able to go for another seven eight years and you're right yeah 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 big guy like that you don't expect them to uh to last long although you know the heavyweight division is you know um guys seem to hang on and you know take a long ride um into the sunset before they actually disappear but uh, Nganu is somebody that um, could could be a, a heavy contender for years to come. Yeah. If you recall, Nganu, his last fight was in, in January. He beat Andre Arlovsky. And then he had a fight against Junior Dos Santos scheduled for uh, September. And that was at UFC 215. And that fight got canceled because JDS failed a drug test. Um, one of the many uh, failed drug tests for um, Brazilian fighters lately. That's uh, mm. kind of inexplicable. Um, and now he has this fight against Alistair Overeem, which I think is a very winnable fight for him. I agree. I I I think if he can uh, maybe weather the storm, so to speak, avoid the clinch, weather the yeah. storm. Yep. Do, you see, that's, get with one of those knees. Uh, either, Overeem is – he has – I mean, there's so many facets, facets to his game where he's dangerous. But, well, yeah, I don't, he may even have a faucet, kitchen yeah. faucet yeah. with the kitchen sink. But he's, he's definitely dangerous in tight. And he's got long legs where he can easily bring up that knee and take you out. We've seen it plenty of times. He's got vicious knees. His leg strikes. Um, if he wants to, he can chop you down um, or break some ribs. He's got a very well-rounded game, but he, he may want to uh, to try and avoid the clinch um, for extended periods of time. Yeah. Moving on uh, down a fight on that card, Henry Cejudo. Uh, faces Sergio Pettis, and that should, in my opinion, I think this is this could be fight of the night material. I think both of these guys are top level athletes. Cejudo, of course, um, is an Olympian, and Sergio Pettis, uh, you know, really, I believe, and 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 we touched on this last episode, uh, episode fifty. I believe Sergio Pettis is a superior mixed martial artist in the family. I believe that not just um, currently, but I think he's all. I think he is the better fighter um, in the family, and I think that he he could be very dynamic. I think that he could. Um, yeah, I think he's got a, a he he could be a champion. Well, he's got two things uh, on his side. Number one is youth. That's uh, 
that's the easy one to pick out. But um, being, I think, yeah, I think I think being in uh, the shadows of his brother and watching what um, Showtime has done uh, is you know is something that he's using to his advantage. Um, you know, obviously he's um, he's going up against somebody who. Let me pull up the stats. Um, Cejudo's last fight looks like a completely different fight. That was against Wilson Hayes, um, where he just he mauled uh, mauled him. I think it was a uh, a KO or a TKO um, early. You know, so he's going up against somebody that is changing um, his. I don't want to say. Uh, style, but maybe his um, his approach to to the game and seeing what uh, what his brother has done inside the octagon, I, I think is going to help him when it comes to uh, squaring off against Cejudo. Yeah, so so Cejudo that fight against uh, Heiss was his first win after back-to-back losses to Demetrius Johnson and uh, Benavidez. And here's the thing. Fighting those two is, <laughs> is not even fair to fight those two back-to-back. Um, Benavidez and Johnson are complete world beaters. And this 24-year – or thir- actually, Cejudo's 30. He, t- he took those two guys on and lost to both of them back-to-back. But um, he's re- – I think that that's a learning lesson for him. I think he's a better fighter now after those fights. And I think that he, he will present uh, problems to Pettis uh, that, you know, he's not, he's not used to seeing, mm-hmm. uh, but I think this is, this has all the makings to be fight of the night. This, this will be an interesting one. I expect a lot of action. Um, hopefully it's not a, a snoozer like we've seen um, before where, you know, two guys who, can bring a lot to the table, uh, are afraid to mix it up. Speaking of all of the uh, makings to be fight of the night, I, I mean, I looked down on the card after saying that and said, oh, well, that, this might be a fight that would be hard to catch up to. It could be a boring fight as well if Eddie Alvarez has a good game plan. Eddie Alvarez, did, have you? Let me ask you this: Eddie Alvarez faces Justin Gaethje, but have you seen Eddie Alvarez, um, his physique coming into this fight? Yeah, well, he's got that uh, tough that he's been uh, he's been he's been getting some work in um, during the. Uh, I don't know if you've watched Tough at all. No, but yeah, he's um, he's looking pretty sharp. They, you got to look at it. They had a a picture that was posted, um, I believe, on BJPen.com. Check, pull that up now, um, where they show his physique, and I've never seen. I mean, he's always had a good physique, but his physique right now is currently pretty ridiculous. Uh, so he looks like he's in real good shape. He looks strong. He, and you know, being thirty three years old. He's going to need it against Gaethje, who's a you know, 20, 29-year-old lion. Um, everything all right over there? Yeah, yeah, just uh, some excitement in the background. <laughs> Got some dogs trying to eat. Um, 
I think uh, some. It sounded like the dog was trying to eat like a f- one of your family members. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's my daughter. Uh, maybe a YouTuber um, died or something, or I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so, so you got Eddie Alvarez. We all we all know. We'll go over his thing, his record in a, l- a little bit here. But Justin Gaethje is undefeated. I did and, hear that. And Justin that rumor. Justin Gaethje has been. Uh, he's been in some ridiculous, ridiculous wars. 18 and 0 is a long time to go without losing. He this is a guy who will literally stand toe to toe with anyone. Take I mean, he's not a defensive fighter. He's not blocking shots. He's in there and his MO is I think I can hit you harder, quicker first before you hit me really hard. And that is what we're hoping to see on Saturday night. I agree. I hope wholeheartedly. And that is a fight I think either Gaethje or Alvarez could win. Yeah. I uh, Also, what uh, what's going to happen Friday night? Friday night is the tough finale. So there's uh, a little bit about bragging. Um, bragging rights on the line, too. So depending on yeah, – it's, it's going to – um, you know, it's, we're not going to see maybe a big difference, but there's, there is that that's on the line also. So they've got a little extra motivation going into this one. Yeah. And then, so I, I, Eddie Alvarez, you know, most people are pretty familiar with him. He, he, um, recently he was the, the champion of the lightweight division. He lost that championship to conor mcgregor at ufc 205 at madison square garden he fought dustin poirier and that was turning into a great comeback that he was starting to um poirier was pouring it on and and uh um alvarez came back and was was turning the fight around and then landed a knee i believe it was to to uh to poirier after he had started taking advantage and it was a uh a knee to a down opponent that's right i forgot about that one and that was that was a brutal knee and that fight was stopped from there so it was a no contest um and that happened uh, in may of this year and so this will be his only um other fight this year uh and and yeah, he, oh man, I, I just could see this fight being complete fireworks. Both of them got uh, 15, 15 TKOs, TKO, KO. Uh, both of them have 15 on their, on the record. The difference though is uh, for Gaethje, um he's got 15 out of 18. Um, whereas uh, was it like 30 for, uh, 30, 34 fights, five losses for, for Alvarez. I but have the point is thirty three. Um, both these guys like to finish. Well, I mean, you think about the reputation that Gaethje has. <laughs> Whose reputation was that before? <laughs> that was 
Eddie Alvarez's reputation that he was going right. to go in there and bang with people. He was a Bellator guy um, until 2013 when he came to the UFC, and his reputation was, you know, for standing in there and and banging um, in in a fight with Michael Chandler. He was banging in a fight with uh, Pitbull. Stood in there and banged with uh, Aoki. I mean, there were all kind of uh, fights that you know he was known for standing in there and banging, and now that's Gaethje's gig now. It is, and everything you said um, should equate to possibly fight of the night on Saturday. Well, I mean, if I'm Eddie Alvarez, my game plan is not to stand and bang with this kid. Yeah, but you know what? I I just I go back to what happened to him against McGregor and everything that he talked about for uh for that fight plan go left go left go left and he did completely the opposite so you know I, well am I saying that's a guarantee he's he's gonna go in there and bravado is gonna take over no but, but there was is that it possibility was it bravado Jim or was it having someone who got inside your head. See, I attributed it more to, you know, McGregor being in his head and, and that kind of thing. I don't think that that's been an issue here. And so I think it's easier to, to, to go with a game plan and have a logical game plan than, you know, I don't know. Well, there, there has been some smack talk uh, between the two, more so on the side of, uh, of Gaethje. Um, you know, but, uh, it's, it wasn't to that, to the same degree as we saw for, uh, for 205 between, um, Alvarez and McGregor, you know, nobody can really match what, uh, what Connor brings when it comes, uh, to, to smack talk, but it's still there. And we've the, you know, we have seen Alvarez, get caught up and i'm just saying that there is that possibility here too yeah i agree i agree wholeheartedly um in the in the fight that will start off the pay-per-view it'll be michelle watershin 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 the karate hottie versus tisha torres um tisha torres has a victory over rose so you can't be uh, – oh, no, she lost to Rose. My bad. <laughs> that, take that away. That, that's her actually her last loss. Tisha Torres has won two fights since her fight with Rose and uh, now fights Michelle Watterson. Watterson is coming off of um, a loss to Rose, and this will be that rematch um, that, you know – I don't know. Are you, uh, that I'm not that into this fight. Mm, no, not after uh, what we just saw with uh, Thug Rose and uh, Joanna. I think it's going to end up being um, the next fight that either one of them has is going to be against each other. I think uh, Jedrzejczyk has uh, deserved that with um, the number of fights that uh, – or the number of times that she defended her belt. So, you know, there's uh, that 
I see that as probably the next fight. So these two are um, just kind of, uh, you know, in the waiting pool in the, in the background watching everybody else jockey for position and whatever happens with uh, uh, Rose's next fight will determine, you know, who is going to actually step up. But, but I don't see the really either one of these two being the next in line for that crown anyways, or, you know, the next uh, chance at a title. Yeah. None of them, uh, neither of these two are um, very exciting to me when it comes to that division. One of the fights that I am looking forward to is the headliner of the prelims, which is Charles Oliveira versus Paul Felder. Paul Felder has um, made his way through uh, the UFC and and looked very impressive. Uh, his last loss came in last year, uh, about a year ago, in September of last year, and he has since reeled off two straight victories. Overall, he is – wow, he's been in the UFC for longer than I thought. One, two, three, four, five, six, and three in the UFC. Um, two in a row he's won. Facing Charles Oliveira, this may be his uh, his stiffest challenge to date in the UFC. Oliveira's a, a beast. When he's on, he's on. And, uh, you know, Paul Felder, he actually has fought – um, in Pittsburgh, he fought in Pinnacle Fighting Championships in their first ever, uh, their first ever card, a card that was has a remarkable amount of talent on it. By the way, and Mark Cherico was on that card. Cody Garbrandt was on that card. Adam Milstead was on that card. Um, Paul Felder was on that card. These are all Wirt- very familiar names. Kama Worthy was on that card. Mike Wilkins was on that card. An unbelievable um, amount of talent there. Yeah, I just realized uh, Felder was supposed to. This was um, he was supposed to fight Iaquinta. Yes, um, and Iaquinta, who we saw at Bellator one eighty six mm-hmm. State College. Um, I think he has some real estate um, development seminar to attend. Yeah, I missed that joke. Yeah. He's a, he's a real estate agent, Iaquinta. Oh. I, I still don't understand why what you just said was funny at all. Well, no, I was being serious. Oh, oh. He didn't drop uh, out because of a injury. He dropped out because of a conference. Yes, yeah, the injury, he, that was just... A cover-up. Uh, he, yeah, he, he doesn't want to lose his, jo- his real job. So that that dude, that's about it. We got anything else, brother? I don't. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Friday night, um, the tough finale. You know, we don't normally touch on those, and I'm not going to really get into it. But I've been following this one a little bit, um, so I'm anxious to see that. But I'm more anxious to see what happens. I like the premise. I haven't night. watched this Ultimate Fighter at all, but I always, I mean, I don't know. It just trying to find time to do all this stuff is sometimes exhausting. Um, and that's mainly why it's not because I don't like it or whatever. It's just because I got a lot going on. I got three little boys that keep me pretty busy. I'm the, their youth wrestling commissioner, which keeps me pretty busy. And I have a full-time job as well. 
just keeps me pretty busy. So um, just finding time for that. However, the concept for the new, uh, the new Ultimate Fighter, I really like, and I I'm interested in, to see. I haven't seen who if they if they've announced coaches for it, but I'm interested to see who that would be. But the concept being um, undefeated, young and up upcoming undefeated fighters so they're looking for guys that have at least three professional fights or more um that are unsigned by a major mma promotion uh and they're gonna battle it out uh on the ultimate fighter which i really like because i I like seeing these regional guys get their shot and get built up and get storylines and all that good stuff and you know who i think from pittsburgh Oh no, he I think he's still an amateur. Mike Wilkins' brother. AJ. AJ, yeah. I think he's he is, he's still an amateur. Okay. So no no good there. All right. Well, hey, Jim, if you don't have anything else, right? I do not. I'm um, okay. just wanted to say that uh Well then you do have something. I just yeah. asked you, do you have anything? You said no, and then you said I just want to say that means yes. I just want to say I'm not I impressed by your say. performance. I am not impressed by your performance. Then that is the middleweight champion of the world, I might add. Not True. welterweight, the middleweight. Anyway, um, that's, that's it. Because that he's up himself on good. Behalf of the entire cast of MMA Fancast. This is Brian Middleton signing off saying thank you and God bless. <laughs>